0: yes welcome back to the game alone's podcast we are back for another episode season two episode 14 and this one is a goodie i won't lie we are joined today by the absolute property legend That is Dr. Daniel Moses. Yes, I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Honestly, there are so many gems in here. It's absolutely unbelievable. Dr. Daniel Moses, if you don't know, is a genuine sort of like zero to property hero type story coming over um, from Africa um, a decade or so ago, setting up roots in the UK with absolutely nothing to his name. It really is a story of rags to riches now owning a multi-million pound portfolio and counts Grant Cardone as one of his property mentors. So this guy knows a thing or two. There are so many things for you to jot down during this episode to make sure you've got a pad and a pen. And if you're in the car, just listen to it back later on with your pad and pen. Anyway, I'm going to stop rabbiting on. Let's get on with the podcast. Here is Dr. Daniel Moses on the Game of Loans podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Game of Loans podcast. I should say welcome back. We've had a little break, but I'm delighted after our little break to bring somebody that I have been wanting to get onto the show for a long time. We were talking off air, that it's been over a year since we started talking about this. I was going to say Daniel Moses, but no, Dr. Daniel Moses, welcome to the Game of Loans podcast. How are you, my friend?
1: Thank you so much, uh, Sam Norris. It's been. This has been like forever to be here and i'm so super excited that finally 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 i'm here and i'm just so excited to to be on the podcast looking forward to sharing a lot of values my journey and just just kind of you know touch points on the real things you know real topics you know the real life case events of what takes places on the back
0: end (laughs) yeah because we would we were talking off air usually I kick things off and I I sort of say you know to my guest you know have have a couple of minutes introduce yourself but to be honest with you I'm just going to jump straight straight in because I think as we go through the podcast people people know who you are you know you're a well-known figure in the in in the the property community and jumping off of what you've just said there is that um, we were talking off air weren't we in terms of You've got your, the Instagram sort of social media networking life versus mm-hmm. the tr- the true life of a, of a of a property entrepreneur, and I use that that term very very specifically for you because I do think you're more than just an investor. You are a proper property entrepreneur because there's a lot of things that you you do. Um, it's not just about just being an investor. You, you've got your networking, you've got your um, you know your your investor days and all this kind of stuff that you do, um, as well as the great marketing that you do online. Yeah. Um, so yeah so I mean jump using that as our as our starting point yeah. shall we should we just talk about actually just being in property at the moment is a, is a tough place to be isn't
1: it You know what being in property right now is a tough place to be even before right now it was a tough you know it was a tough place to be even 10 20 years ago it was a tough place to be but if there's one thing that I always say you know you know when you know the worst that can happen from the beginning So you know what the worst would be from the beginning. So when you do go through it, you know, it becomes like, okay, yeah, I understand it because I'm prepared for this. But the truth is 80% of everybody seeing the success of what we've achieved and what we've been able to do in property don't see that 80% work. They see the 20% work, okay? And again, it's not our blame to them. Obviously I do blame some people who make it so easy. And just say, okay, you're gonna be successful tomorrow. Not showing that the back end is actually very tedious. You know, it's a full time career in his own. It's very challenging. You know, lenders are gonna frustrate you. Um, councils are gonna frustrate you if you're doing BRR. You know, subs. You know, adding significant values to property and you're doing proper construction works. And okay, if, again, if you're a developer, you know, these processes are there, especially when you're getting started. There's, there, there, things whereby when these things take place, you you know, some people quit, most people quit. I think a lot of people have over the years gotten started in property because, you know, they hear the numbers. For example, an ex Uber driver like myself, Daniel Moses was an Uber driver six years ago today. I've got multi-million pound property portfolio. People get drawn by the multi-million pound property portfolio, obviously not listening to the details of the days where uh, you know I, I almost lost the deal and I was you know I, I, and I felt like everything was gonna crumble or the days where for example the lenders refused to lend or the days where you get the damn valuations and stuff like that, you know it's just what it is, right? But is it you know is it enough to quit not to go and chase your journey? Absolutely not. It takes the same level of energy to build the right thing and to build the wrong thing. So as long as you know that you have the right level of energy to build what is successful, then go for it, okay? Rather than using the same level of energy to stay poor, broke, and delusioned.
0: I love that. I love that. It takes the same amount of energy to be successful as it does to not. Like Do you know it's true? Do it's you know it's? A, it's about? The, um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? You, you need to, like, center your energy in the right direction. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that. that's, that's the the, the key point, I think, because too many people, what they do is they just, they'll, they'll be busy idiots, and they'll, and they'll, they'll, they'll it would feel like, you know, they've got busy days, they start early, you know, they finish late, but what have they actually done during the day? And it's really, really important. I think, um, what you, you touched on there, because I, I knew, obviously, I know, know, through knowing you that, you, you know, when you first sort of decided what you were going to do, it was like, right, um, I'm going to be an Uber driver. And that was like, almost your your starting off point, it had absolutely nothing to do with property, but you knew you needed something that would give you an income and give you a flexible income in order to facilitate that Mm. first stage. And I think that's, that's the key for so many people. The amount of people, Daniel, that I speak to that are not willing to take that step backwards sometimes. All that they see is they see exactly what you just said, that that 80, uh, the, the 20%, not the 80%, the 20% of the success that comes through that other 80%. And part of that is, you know, delving a little bit then into your backstory, I guess, is that thinking a little bit more four-dimensionally and going, actually, do you know what? For me to achieve this goal, I've got to then reverse engineer that back to right this very second. Am I right now what position am I in and truly understanding what position you are in right now, I think is an undervalued quality of anyone starting out that wants to be successful in property because a lot of them, they believe that they're they're further down the line that they actually are. Sometimes you've got to do like a, like a prequel to your, to your, your, you know, your movie of being a property entrepreneur. You've got to, you've got to put the groundwork in that foundation. It's like preseason trainings for the new football season. You've got to put that groundwork in. And that was, you know, for you, an amazing, amazing I, I actually just love the fact that you, you did, you know, you went through that process of, uh, of being an Uber driver, but that must have been quite fun as well. I often think about whether or not I might just train to be an Uber driver, and just, you know, a couple of nights a week, just go out, go out in my car, just take a few people around, maybe get, get a few more
1: clients. <laughs> you, know, you know, right. So The whole thing about being an Uber driver was just like, I, I had a, so I wasn't originally born and bred in England. So I immigrated to this country just about, you know, 2004 was the first time I ever stepped my two foot on this country, and when I when I when I got here, you know, I had no immigration status. All right, so I was illegal immigrant. <laughs> I'm sure you don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> never heard, never heard of it before. I was yet. illegal immigrant, so that means if you see a police officer on the road talking to someone, you have to walk. You have to go through the next street. If you see an immigration van driving around the streets of London, you have to, you have to find a way not to be stopped or pulled <laughs> over and asked name, name and date of birth, please. Okay? Because if name and date of birth is mentioned, that is it. You're on the way back to where you come from. Mm. And that was the initial journey of the story of my life. So I went through that journey, from that story of that journey. You know, I... Um, You know, did all different types of linear jobs, but anyway, cut long story short. Two years around about 2006, myself and my wife we got married. You know, and obviously that you know that gave me the reason why to live in this country because I got married. I've got you know, we eventually have two lovely children, and gradually you know things kind of reversed because by virtue of my marriage, I then got a resident permit to live in this country, and I had to to start looking for ways to make ends meet and stuff like that. So that went from buying cars, buying things and ships. I've always been very entrepreneurial. So, you know, I did all things like, you know, way back, I used to, you know, be the guy who would spray perfumes in the toilets, give you some sticks of lollipops. So I've got quite an interesting journey, (laughs) you know? But you know know what? This is just, I'm going to go,
0: I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit now because one thing that I've been, I don't know the word preaching. I've been, I've been talking about a lot online and I've said it a couple of times on other podcasts and like the person that sort of interviewed me is kind of going, like, give me the look like, Oh, do we have to delve into this? Sam?" It's just like how, how entitled sort of maybe the younger, younger generation are in this country. Um, you know, you coming from another country to our country, you get the, the incredible, um, Ability to to perceive the difference between the two, you can actually see that, um, and I and I personally believe, and, and hopefully maybe you, you do as well, Daniel, you know, because you you've taken the 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 you know the steps to actually come and live here permanently, is that the UK is actually a you know as much as everyone moans about everything, it's a really good place to live in terms of the in terms of internationally, it's a great yeah. place to live with loads of opportunity. And I think there are too many people, unfortunately, in this country at the moment that aren't willing to do some of the things that you clearly have been more than willing to do to help themselves become a success. They would more, um, they prefer to moan up to the government or whoever to, you know, that that they aren't being helped enough, that they aren't being given that leg up to be able to be a success. It's almost like they want a handout. Um, And there's nobody out there that I know who's ever been successful that, that gets successful of handouts.
1: People do want handouts. Not, not people. People definitely do want handouts. Honestly. So the reason why I say people definitely do want handouts. In a country where I've come from originally, right? Africa, Nigeria, to be very precise, we you know, over 18 years ago, right? The government doesn't give you nothing, like nothing. So you have to generate and create your own economy. The electricity you use in your house, the water you drink in your house, the road to your property. The roof over your head, every single thing that you have is generated by yourself. It's a cash driven economy. Cash. So if you don't have money, so you can imagine you're almost as good as a dead living, well, a dead living bin. Does that make just, sense? Yeah, so, it's just crazy. Coming from, coming from that sort of background, so when I immigrated into this country, it's either I've got to make it, okay, or probably go back on a disappointment. <laughs> you know the, the thing is is that because being
0: you know growing up even if even if you are one of the people who grows who is born in the UK that is born underprivileged that is born you know below the poverty line you know whatever you want to call it um, and I was very lucky look I'm, I'm preaching this from from the point of view as somebody who was born into pretty much you know the, the lower middle classes that's that's kind of where my parents you know Came, came from. My, my family does originate from the really poor ends of, of the East End of London, but I was lucky. My, my grandparents were just like yourself, Daniel, you know, willing to do whatever it took to, to create a legacy for the family, which I'm now benefiting from. But no matter where you start out, being in the UK means that you are already um, in a position where You've got so much more opportunity than so many other people around the world actually actually yeah. do have, and and I think that's what really frustrates me is I see so many, particularly on you know now that I've entered the world of TikTok, you get a lot of very young people on there that I, I will, I'll post videos and I like to think that the things that I post are very much and very similar to yourself actually, Daniel. It's all very much value driven. The the point of the post is to help somebody is to give somebody an idea to to stimulate you know their their thoughts to make them want to be better to to make them want to try something new and and be really really great at it and you get just an absolute barrage of hatred back off of it to you know you don't know what you're talking about this is ridiculous why why should we have to do this you know all this kind of stuff and i'm just thinking what's wrong with you man like you have so much opportunity and all you do is going back to what you said earlier about putting your your focus your attention your your power into you know one road or the other and they're putting all of that sort of effort into hate rather than you know happiness and 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 you know wanting to push themselves
1: this, this is quite an interesting you know topic of what you just said just now i don't get into i try as much as possible not to get involved in the wrong conversation because you know if i'm stressed I could have been using that energy to connect with someone who's going to give me my next hundred thousand pounds for my next investment right so imagine people just sitting in front of you analyzing your social media and having headache okay headache for oh no that video was wrong what you said was wrong you're incorrect but did you know you could have actually grabbed a book and read and got some value instead of you know, just criticizing whoever you're watching. Or you could have actually looked at the other details because, listen, success leaves clues, right? Success leaves clues. You become what you listen to. You become what you speak about. So if you're being there and criticizing someone who's trying to give you value on social media because people don't understand the back work, the back end that goes into even bringing someone to the podcast, inviting them to have a chat with them, creating a conversation with that person so that conversation can lead into adding value into someone else's life and people criticize mm-hmm. it. And this is why I say like, for my story and what I've done in my life, having been through so many different roller coasters of my life, I decided to start to do things a bit differently. So this is one of the reasons why a lot of people look at me on my social media, they say, Daniel, whatever you do, however you've done it, you make it look too easy. I said, because you know what, I've been through pain I've been through struggles. I've been through tears. I've been, you name it. I've been through, you know, uh, uh, for good two years. I used to suffer from sleeping paralysis for two years. For good three years, I suffered from every single day in my life, in my life, I felt I was going to die. When I lost my, my business in Nigeria, I lost a business in Nigeria in 2015, which led me to being an Uber driver, by the way. So I lost that business in Nigeria. I lost over 150,000 pounds. And when I lost that business, not only did I lose the business, I was in a verge of losing my marriage. I've been married now for the last 16, going to 17 years. My first son is 14. My daughter is 11. You know, I've been in the UK for over 18 years. So I have been through the pains, the, the you know, you name it. But I don't worry on my face. Like, oh, I've been through all these, you know, challenges. But did you know, not every you know challenges that you go through in your life not every single wrong thing that goes through in your life is there to break but they're there to make if i never if i was never an uber driver i think i would have never become so successful in property today i would have even not be as successful as i am impacting the life of so many other people through my work and driving them to come into property investing and people look at how i'm doing it so easy and doing it and this one the reason why i also said to you just now i said you know, yes, property is easy. Yes, it's also not easy. Regardless of whether it's easy or not, I chose to do it, and I'm gonna do it till I actually become successful, becoming someone that the government will one day say, "Oh, Daniel, what is your take in this policy we're uh, we're about to to write?" You see, if you aim to become the most successful, the most greatest in your industry, then we start to you know to fix some of the problems. Mm. Exactly,
0: and and this is it—is that you know what I was saying earlier about people taking social media to vent their frustrations or or or, or their negativity. You know, it it does annoy me sometimes because exactly what you just said is actually check check turn that completely on its head. You've got an opinion about something. You think you feel you feel so impassioned about it that you are willing to take time out of your day to. And sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you get exactly the same. Sometimes, some of these responses can be quite lengthy. They're very thought-provoking. Somebody has taken the time to give that feedback. They obviously care about that opinion a lot. So why not take that opinion? And if you care about it so much, actually turn it into something positive. Actually say, do you know what? I I do really care about this. People are always talking about you find your passion. Well, your passion's right there in front of you because you you've been you you've taken that time to, to, to make to make that response. Use yeah. that in, in the same way you have to get to the the, the point where you can actually influence you know, that tiny little bit of society and yeah. that that for me is taking a negative and turning it straight into a positive. And why more people don't do that, I, it, it, that is a, it's a massive frustration for me. You know, it's, it's, some, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy, you know, our conversations that we've had at various networking events over the years and why I enjoy, you know, your content and stuff is because exactly what you just said there, you don't wear those negativities, those those problems that you've had in your past you know, on your face, you're always smiling, Um, you're always giving a positive message. And there there needs to be more people doing that, in my my opinion, because spreading negativity is
1: never a good thing. The the truth is, the day you stop having problems is the day we die. Hmm. Exactly. We stop having problems is the day we die. And I only just discovered this recently. Uh, A couple of months ago, I actually reached a bonnet point you know, in my journey as a property entrepreneur. And I think this was when I got to property number seven and so I was in property number eight. So I just, no, actually, I, I had two, I had three down valuation back to back. Three down valuation back to back. One of them, 100,000 pounds left on the deal. The next one, down valuation over 125,000 pounds left on the deal. Another one again, over 80,000 pounds back to back. So, and, <laughs> I was in church on Sunday. So I was I was having a chat with my pastor, my one of my pastor's mentor. We're just having a January chat. He said, oh, Dan, you're doing so well. I'm so proud of you. I'm like, yeah, it's that, oh, you know. What? Then he asked me, he said, when are you going to stop? You're just, you keep buying properties. So when are you going to stop? Are you ever going to be fulfilled? And that word hit me. It hit me so bad. And I was going through, ref- I was going through three downvaluation, so, obviously, as you know, you raise money from investors, you use that to deposit, you get a bridging finance on it, you, you do the project, you buy, you refurb, you refinance, you're hoping for the best valuation so you can pay back your investors back, right? And I'm just going through that. And somebody looks at me and calls me out from nowhere. Is that, How's it going? On? You really inspire me, and all of that. At one particular point in time, I felt like, wow, I'm so humbled, I'm so blessed that. This person is inspired by my work. Then something else hit my head and said, But did you just realize? You know, you know, you have two voices speaking to you every single day. The, yeah. other, one said, the other voice said to me, Did you just realize you got valued You know, and you now you go over over 300,000 pounds stocking, three property transactions. How are you gonna get out of it? And I just smiled and I said, I will get out of it, of course. It's my houses, I've got equity over my entire portfolio over a million pounds. So the worst case scenario, I just sell one house. <laughs> I said, What's exactly. this?" the just one house and I'm back again. So, and, and when that happened to me the next day, and this is why I'm talking about the right level of energy to become successful and the right level of energy to stay poor. So now this is why I don't entertain negative conversation because I just don't entertain it. So I went home, I'm speaking to my wife, I had a good evening. Then the first thing in the morning, something played on my mind. Why do you need to build a 10 million pound property portfolio? So my mind is having a conversation with me now. Why do you need to do... My mind starts to ask me some crazy questions. Why do you need to do a 10 million pound deal? Why do you need to do a 2 million pound deal? Why do you need to do... And all this why, 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 and I just couldn't get my head around it. And, And I'm going through... A situation whereby it's either I'm gonna accept the valuation, just go with the refiners, have three hundred thousand pounds left in the deal. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow this happen to me. I went again with a different lender and a different lender and a different lender. You know, somehow the third lender, one of them agreed, you know, to give me a hybrid, you know, hybrid commercial reval. and that took care of one of my hundred thousand pounds. You know. That was, you know, out of the deal. So that took care of it. So now I'm square with. Okay, I've got, I've got a river now, you know, of this particular one. So what's going to happen? You know, it, once the revaluation goes through, it because the offer was accepted and everything. So once the valuation came back, it went back exactly what what I was looking for. So now I'm asking myself all these couple of questions, and for like a whole month, I'm still, I'm still asking myself all these different type of questions. But why do we need to become successful so much? whereby you, know, you get hurt every time you know, this happens or that happened or a bill that didn't deliver the project in time. So my point is that regardless of what we go through as property investors, as business entrepreneurs, as mortgage advisors like yourself, financial experts like yourself, is it enough to dwell on not to actually go out there to actually own your true utmost potential? There's something I love by Lex Brand. He says, how would you feel on your deathbed if all the angels that was assigned to you of the impact you were meant to create in this life that you you live in, okay? In this life that you live in, all of them, you were on your deathbed. And they said, oh, you could have become this, but look at what you did with your life. You could become that person. You were the mortgage broker who was meant to help Daniel Moses to get to becoming this (laughs) <laughs> and all these different images, they're all playing in your head. So my point on what I'm trying to say is, regardless of what we go through in our life, day in and day out, if we focus on the day someone criticizes your social media content, if you focus on the day someone said to you, or the day someone said to you, you're the worst broker, or the worst property coach, or the worst, you know, wealth strategies, and all these little, little things that are there, the people that are truly aligned in our parts for greatness, we'll, we'll end up missing it.
0: Yeah, so, you know, it's um, as as you were saying that it reminded me of because um, I, I guess what you were sort of saying there is, you know, when you're lying on your deathbed and you look back, are you, are you, are you, do you, do you feel okay that, of, of what you did in your life? Do you feel that you fulfilled your potential? Did you, did you do what you needed to do when you, when you're on this earth? And it just reminded me a little bit of, um, I'm, I'm sure I've probably told this story on the podcast previously, but one of my great idols growing up was the rugby player, Johnny Wilkinson. Um, one of the best players ever to play for England. And um, and one of the things that he said was, people said, you know, how do you, h- you've got such an incredible drive. And I think this is this is something that uh, the, the very successful people have, which is drive. They have this innate just sense within them to continually push forward, no matter what the situation is. And this, and this interviewer said, you've got this drive, you know, what keeps you going? And he said, it, he said, it's, it's it's me. I keep myself going. At the end of every day, or when I'm drawing the days drawing to a close, I think to myself, obviously, this was a little while ago, you'd say, I imagine somebody was following me around recording this on like a video camera. And um, you know, my entire day, would I be happy for that person to take that tape out of that video camera it shows how long ago it was, and for me to sign the bottom of that tape to say, I'm happy for you to release that to the world. And that that got me. I was like, "That's amazing!" Because no one is following him around with a videotape. No one is following. No one. No one is recording him. No one's got their camera phones out recording him. He's he's on the training pitch on his own. He's doing his thing. You know, in property investors, a lot of the time, there's so much talk about property investing being a very lonely uh, business to be in because you are on your own, driving yourself forward, and actually having that not being inspired by the people is fantastic. And I think that people should do. Lots of people are inspired by your story, Daniel. Obviously but being able in those quiet moments to be able to be self-inspired, to be able to yourself drive yourself forward and to say, actually, because um, you're, you are the, you are the easiest person for you to lie to. You, you know, you, you, people lie to themselves all the time. Are you actually truly able to come to the end of the day and go, do you know what? I'm happy to sign off on that day. I'm happy for anyone to view that day that I've just had, because I'm I'm happy that I've done everything that I possibly can to help drive myself forward. And, and I think if more people could have that kind of mentality to be able to sign off their own day. I mean, if I'll be completely honest with you, Danny, we were talking about burnout weren't we put off air and you just mentioned it briefly there as well. Um, burnout is something that I think a lot of people are dealing with at the moment. You know, we've all just gone through a really rough time in, oh, in the in the pandemic and the aftermath of the, the pandemic. We're now really feeling with the cost of living crisis, all this kind of stuff. It's been a long period of time of pressure. And for those of us that put a lot of pressure on ourselves anyway, it's been even more so. So of course we're going to, we're going to have burnout. And I'll be honest with you, Daniel, I I reckon over the last, even the last month, there are very few days in, in, in the last, over the last month that I think I could sign off and go, I did everything in that day that I possibly could because the the burnout is there, that the, 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 the difficulty is real, that every day, it's hard to keep that momentum going. It's hard sometimes to get up in the morning because, you know, you've got so many fires that you need to put out, you know, how, for anyone listening that, that maybe is going through a similar thing to that, Daniel, how, how do you, how do you deal with those kind of situations? How do you go, do you know what? I'm going to have a part of my French, a shit day today. And I kind of know that it's going to happen, but how do I get up in the morning and, and, and push through it and do it anyway?
1: You know, I'll be very honest, right? I think I always say this. It's good. To, it's always good to see, you know, see the problem and obviously figure out the solution. So, for the very first time, when I when I did experience a strong, very strong burnout, you know, I just didn't want to get out of bed. You know, I know whatever lie, it was when I went through that period of not too long ago, just three damn valuations. I'm excited for multiple deals coming through and all of a sudden you feel like the whole world is coming down on you, right? So for me, I think the easiest way to not get burned out, first of all, the easiest way to not get burned out, then the easiest way to get out burned I think it's best to kind of go through that way. So the easiest way not to get burned out, all right, for me is number one, always expect the worst, in whatever you do so sam norris dr daniel would be great friend okay but he owes me nothing right he owes me nothing because the moment i start to think you owe me something and then you let me down then i'm gonna i'm gonna have some i'm gonna feel a certain way so whatever transaction uh, you know I think for me, during lockdown, I had too many good of revaluation in my business, too many, too many great revaluation, too many fantastic numbers. So at some point, I just felt like, you know, I just felt like, you know, it's, you know, you you know, you kind of let yourself go. You just kind of let yourself go, hoping every time you're going to always get the same greatest result. So for me, I think the easiest way not to have gotten to that point was when I got those damn valuations, I shouldn't. I I I I should have just been expecting that. Yeah, it could happen. The market has changed, all right? Because during lockdown, there was a lot of money all over the place. There was a lot of lending all over the place. You know, a lot of people were investing money, you know, and a lot of people just were so available to consuming some fantastic content here and there. Now, the best way to come out of a burnout is to talk yourself out of it because nobody's going to come and rescue you. You don't want to get burned out to a point where you have to take a pill. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get burned out to a point where the doctors are coming involved with it. So the easiest way to do is to talk yourself out of it. So for me, every time I have experienced those little seasons, because, you know, life is all about season. Season, you know, where there's summer, there is there's winter, there is spring, there is autumn. So and that is the easiest way I, I started to look at it. So I'm actually going through winter right now. So soon the sun is gonna shine, and when the it's sun is out, I'm gonna. Go.
0: It. It's a good way of thinking about it. Do you know, it, it's it's so true. You do you do have to kind of kind of pull yourself through it. I think, and I think as well, with that comes the understanding that actually you, we're all human at the end of the day. Okay, we've 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 got this 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 body. We've got this brain, and there's only one of it. You know, we've got to look after it. And I think a lot of people that experience burnout, and, and, I, and I include myself in this, are probably because they're focusing so much on playing, what I call playing the game, to come bring it back to another sports analogy. I love, love my sports analogies. But, you, you know, you get the best footballers, the best rugby players, the best tennis players, whatever, in the world. You know, people only see them when they're playing the game. And that is that is the same as you or me, on, on social media or, or wherever you know that we're at that point we're playing the game we're talking about the game we're talking about, you're talking about the you know the life of an investor deals that you're doing you know the great things that are going on people are people are seeing that i'm talking about how the market's going from a mortgage perspective whatever it might be but what they what we don't see is those sports people that are having enforced rest time every single day they're literally having to say right you have to have x amount of hours sleep you have to be you know doing recuperation work you know you're not just in the gym lifting weights you're in the gym stretching you're in the gym relaxing you're going and getting massages you know all this kind of stuff that fits within it and i think it's really really important and this is certainly something that i have learned really really recently through speaking to some friends of mine that are in that kind of space that kind of um recuperation space It's what we do professionally is actually that as much as it's great to be, you know, Grant Cardone ten x whatever you want to whatever want to call it, but yeah, actually, I know, I know, that's how I brought it up specifically. But it's it's the um, the flip side of that, right? It's go ten go ten x when you need to go ten x, and then go ten x on your on your recuperation as well. You know, make sure that you're having you know good sleep. Make sure you're eating right, make sure you're you're exercising, but make sure you're you know you're having that chill time, make sure that you have things that you can do that can switch your brain off as well. And that that's what I've found recently in terms of helping me is actually not not being too hard on myself that on a Thursday afternoon at four o'clock, I'm going, I'm knackered. Like I'm really, really tired. And yes, I've got some jobs that might need to get done, but which of those jobs could I actually push back till tomorrow because I just need to stop now. I just need to turn my brain off. It might not happen every single week, but ha- but just knowing that, knowing that I can do that and forgive myself for doing it as well. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And there is so much pressure, isn't there online to be, you know, hustle and grind all the time that it's people feel that they can't forgive themselves for doing that because they will have, you know, certain icons, you know, like, like Grant, who you, you can, you can probably talk about better than I can. Um, but maybe are giving out that message of you've got to work harder than the person next to you, but actually working harder and working smarter are two things that need to go hand in hand to ensure a better outcome, you know, uh, overall, would, would you, would you agree with that? Or do you obviously with Grant being, you know, one of your mentors, it's um, I, I imagine that you've had him telling you, Daniel, hustle and grind, hustle and grind, keep working, keep working.
1: The, the the truth is, I think in other before you the truth is before you work smarter, you've got to work hard. You can't work smart before working hard. You've got to work harder first, then all of a sudden you have what becomes a smart work. So I think this is one of the reasons why, for example, I, there was a book I picked up one time. It's called the uh, the 20 something hour work week. can remember, I can't remember the name of the book now. It just escaped me. Something hour work week
0: four so, hour work week. Tim, well,
1: the hour work. Exactly. Ferris, yeah. You know, and the book just tells you, you know, it's like when you're starting your business. So if you have never been an entrepreneur, if you've never ever been an entrepreneur before, you went and picked up the four hour work week, the chances of you making it is very slim. But yeah. if you have been grafting so, you know, someone like myself or someone like yourself, you've, you've been an entrepreneur for like maybe 5 years, You understand that, okay, in order for you to have a four-hour work, you need systems, you need process, all right? You need a small team, maybe one or two persons in your team to achieve that, all right? Someone needs to manage, you know, Zapier. Someone needs to manage it, not you, right? So someone needs to manage all these different tools. So, yes, if you're just getting started, you need to work hard because it is hard work that brings smart work. This is my opinion, by the way. It is hard work. That brings smart work. You can't have smart work and then have hard work. It's not going to work. So it's like raising money to acquire your first HMO conversion and then obviously going through the whole bridging application, questions after questions after questions, right? And you're going to allocate that to a PA who just came to work for you yesterday. The chances of the case being sent to the mortgage advisor, the financial advisor for that case to go straight to the mortgage company to give you the money, is going to be very disastrous because they just came in. So imagine someone who's been working for you, for you over two years. They've seen you going for application after application after application. And you just say, okay, we're buying a house tomorrow. Can you make sure you send the applications to Sam Norris? Yeah. You get what I mean? So it's hard work before smart work. So for me, over the last couple of months now, especially this year, I think one of the reasons why this year has been quite an interesting year for me is that everything I have been doing over the last five years I've been in the property industry, I started to connect to them. And I started to kind of feel, in a way, feel very successful, in a way also have a guilt because now I have got a few small members of my team helping me do some certain things that I wouldn't do now. But then I started to have some free spaces in my in my own you know my own little space. But that free little space now, I get that guilt. Oh, I should have been doing this. I should have been doing that. But now I'm trying to now use that to actually leverage because I've realized that in order for me to go from where I am now to the next stage of my life, I don't need to be on the computer. Yeah. I need to be talking to Sam. I need to be Sam. Norris. Can we have the next launch? The next dinner? You know, I We need to be because money. If you really look at it, the most wealth, wealthiest people on this planet, you know, they don't sit on a computer for ten hours. They don't. But they once sat up. They once sat for ten hours on a computer. I remember during lockdown. I don't know if this happened to you during lockdown. During lockdown, I would sit down on my on my desk, and when I raise my head like this, it's six o'clock in the evening. Yeah, I don't need that happen to you. Oh, trust
0: me. During, look, lockdown was a tough, tough period. You know, I was going through that hard work. You know, just work, work, work. I was. I had my business partner at the time, and obviously, everyone was confined to working from home. And I mean, I would have my wife literally knocking on my my office door, which is where I'm in now, going, "It's seven o'clock in the evening, Sam. Like this is ridiculous. Like, when, when are you going to come out? Because, like you say, I had that guilt that if I wasn't working then somehow I wasn't driving the business forward. And I think it's good to have that from the start. You're absolutely right. But you know what? It's funny you say that about sitting in front of a laptop. You know, people talk about they have the ambitions of having the laptop lifestyle. You heard everyone's heard that kind yeah. of phrase. Do you yeah. know what I, I say to my team all the time? In fact, I don't say to my whole team. I say to Ruby, who's like my, my second in command. I say to her all the time, I say, Rubes, I'm trying, like th- my ambition is not to have a laptop lifestyle. It's to have a mobile phone lifestyle. Yeah. I want to actually be able to delegate every single job that requires a laptop to someone else. And all I want is to anything that I just want to have my mobile. I just want to speak to people, delegate, speak to people. And I think that that's, I've, cause I, cause I've realized within my business where my perfect role is for me, which is speaking to people, advising yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. That's I've where, that's I've where, that's that. where I, I I flourish. But it comes back to what you were saying that, you know, you're right, the most successful people don't sit in front of laptops all day. They're out, they're speaking to people, they're doing things, and then they've got the infrastructure behind them to make what they do work. And that's I think that's that's the massive key for me of running a business. And I'm, you know, I'm someone that's only been running a business for just over two years, but wow. I by 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 research, how you know the best people run businesses, and that is just a key factor that just keeps coming up over and over and over again. I'm like, that works for me. I like yeah. I like to chat. I think that works well.
1: <laughs> for me, I, I want to. For me, right now, you know, I wanted to just. I want. I wanted. To, I want to just get to a level where I've got an assistant that goes with me everywhere that I go, and I'm just talking, and they're taking all the notes, and they're taking all the action points and putting the work in, because I, I actually, the other day I was with a, a multi-billionaire, you know, and, and he said something to me. He said. You should get a driver. And I said, what? In England? This is me and him in Dubai. It's like, you should get a driver. Don't drive yourself. If you, if you really want to scale your business to the next level, don't use the tubes. Get a driver. Drive yourself. Get a good car. Drive yourself and meet people. He said, yeah. do it for one whole month. If you don't generate enough income, then that means you're not ready. Then Mm -hmm. it's not for you. But if you can generate twice more income you've ever generated before, he said, that would change your life. He said, let me tell you how I became a billionaire. He said, for a very long time, he was always on the computer delegating from his desk and doing all of these things. He said, but he started to connect with people. He started to go to venues to meet with people. This was in Dubai, by the way. Okay. So, and he said, from doing that driving you know game someone to drive him take him every single place his income quadrupled because now he was just typing he was talking to people all right he wasn't you know it wasn't like you know where you know things was done in a certain way that it would have been done before but right now the email comes through he's responding the call comes through he's picking up the call the call needs to be made and everything changed for him. And that was one of the secret of how in that particular year, he went from, he went from $10 million into turning over a hundred million dollars. And since that year, he's never, ever, ever looked back. That's you know not the first time I've heard that bit of advice either.
0: That really that not You see, it seems so ridiculous, does not it? It seems so ridiculous, but it's a, again, it's a facilitator of, yeah. of things. And, I think it's, it's what it does is, and I know that this kind of topic has kind of been done to death, but you, I think, will have a, um, you know, you have a, a good um, vision of, of how this actually does work because face-to-face, I know that we're doing this over StreamYard, so we're not in the same places as each other, but um, this is because it's audio and we don't necessarily need it to be. But, you know, you have obviously found the importance of face-to-face um to, to work for you because, you know, you you actually put on your own networking meetings, you know, every month you're pulling people together um, and trying to meet and talk to as many people as you possibly can. So do you think that that is kind of, you know, basically what you were just saying there in terms of how important it is to be face-to-face people, meeting people, actually also attending attending networking events, the right event, networking events and meeting people, you know, how how important has that been? How important has you know, your, your events been to, to to your personal success?
1: Even before talking about my personal events, right? Did you know, it's ever since the lockdown has been lifted, this year alone, if I've not spent money networking, I've spent at least, over networking, yeah? I've spent at least over 8,000 pounds on just networking. That's incredible. It's so vital. Mm. So people are met, all right? Obviously, network with intention. A lot of people don't network with intention. A lot of people go to networks and just collect cards you know, you know, I, I I don't I don't give cards, I don't collect cards. So what I do do is I connect with you on social media. All right. Can we connect on social media? LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Do you know why? Because every day I'm saying something on social media. All yeah. right. I'm saying something on my WhatsApp story. So you're talking to me indirectly. I'm talking to you indirectly. Now, what that starts to happen is you start to either dislike or like me. When you dislike me, me you, we're never going to do business. Then, if you drawn towards me, we're going to do business. Maybe you're going to be the guy funding my next refurbishment project. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So it's so important to network. Like I kind of, you see, successful people pay to play. They pay, they play. You know, and by paying and playing, you just connect with more people. Yes, I, Zoom, Zoom is a great way to connect. So there's something I love with one of my mentors saying: get online to get offline. To mm-hmm. so get online to get offline. Don't stay online. Because people connect with people. So that is so vital. So for me, over the last, I think the inception of my organization, my in the, the inception of my business was built on network. So I launched the uh networking event called Rent to Rent Network way back in 2019 when I first began, you know, you know, putting content out, you know, every now and then, but though it's not been changed to property and business, you know, sorry, wealth and business network, sorry. So wealth and business network, because I've actually changed the name twice. So it went from rent to rent, you know, uh, property network to property and business network. And recently we changed it to wealth and business network, because one of the things that I promote every now and then is wealth and business, because a lot of people rush into property, don't realize it is for wealth creation. A lot of people rush into property, not knowing that actually it's a business. It's not property investing. It's a business. If you want to one property, is not going to change your life. So I created the wealth and business network just for that purpose, where me and you will network, we'll meet and greet, we'll shake hands, we'll have a glass of wine, you know, and it's been absolutely a successful, uh, you know, you know, a community. So we've had minimum of at least 40 people in attendance at any given point in time. The highest we've ever had was about 120 people. Uh, in that networking event, so I'm just super grateful that I have this, you know, you know, the networking events where people network with me. People get to know about how to invest in my next project. People get, how, you know, how they get to know about my, you know, you know, you know, what I do to help. So, for example, I run an education, you know, and property consulting business as well. So people get to know about all these different things that I do, and I get to also network with a lot of other people and obviously help, come to help them, give them value. So networking, like, if you're not networking right now. There's no way you can have a business. You have to go out there and do whatever you can to pay to play.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I I couldn't agree more. And it's just, you I know it's it's really it's it's such a cheesy line, isn't it? But your your network is your net worth. It's yeah. the, the people that you know. You know, I I look at some of the clients that I've got that I would I would perceive to be you know my, my best clients in terms of not not because I maybe I like them the best or they're you know they you know the, the best at what they do or anything but in terms of how good they've been for my business because let's separate that a little bit because I think a lot of people's like I say who, people say have you got a favorite client I'm like yes I, you know there are certain people that I just enjoy talking to maybe more than others yeah. because they're great people but are those people necessarily always the best for my business you know it, it, they, they're they not already, already stuck up so we're talking about just the people that have been the best for my business since I started Grand Union Finance those people have come through either somebody meeting me at an event somebody follow me online or somebody who's been referred by um somebody who has done one of those two things so it is it it does come down to okay part of that was online and i know you said you know we go online to take it offline but it, it networking takes so many different forms and you know being being out there being available being um being visual if if you're gonna run a successful business, you have to be able to do that. And you have to be able to have conversations with people because ultimately you're only gonna be able to take your business so far if you are unable to do those things, right?
1: Well, I mean, look at it This is one of the things people don't really understand. People criticize all the time, oh, what are you doing on social media, putting something out all the time, but what do really the big corporates do? Can you put on your Sky TV right now? You're not gonna see an ad from BT. Exactly. Can you watch a TV now, EastEnders, and something's not going to come up with Coca-Cola, right? So, and that's it. So, if you're running a business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you don't tell people who you are, what you do, and again, getting those who've used the service to help you promote it, you're not going to have a business.
0: I couldn't agree more. It's just it's it's like we were saying um, a little bit um, before. It's it's about it's about attention. You know, it's about it's about getting that attention. It's about the um, you're having the most people know you for what you do and you Absolutely. don't need to be you don't need to be the best at what you do you just need to be the best known and yeah. that's I think that might even actually be a Grand Cardone uh <laughs> line actually <laughs> I've just taken I've just stolen from him there but but it's true you know uh, am yeah. I the best mortgage broker in the world probably not um you know am I relatively well known for doing it yeah and as a result, my business has been really successful. Um, you know, it, it's the same. It's the same for everything. It's absolutely the same for everything. Why, why did Why did Donald Trump end up getting voted in as the president of the United States? You know, a few years back, it's because he was a really known, really well known guy. Was you know, he book wasn't. Book. He wasn't. He wasn't a good politician. You know, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't like a career politician who had worked his way up through the ranks. He was just really well known and a popular figure. And that's yeah. that's how he be, ended up becoming the most powerful man in the world. So yeah. if that's if that's not a story, you know, that should make people realise that they need to be more visual. They need to attend events such as you, such as yours, obviously. And I'll let yeah. I'll let you plug it in a minute. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 you know, and go to go to events, go to online events. You know, p- post constantly online about everything that you do. I mean, I I say to people, people I say, oh, what do I post about? Well, just post about what you've done that day, get on your stories on Instagram and tell me what you've done that day, because it's also an accountability thing then anyway. And that, and that's what everyone should be doing. And um, and as I said, it's something that you do particularly well. Um, and for those people that want to, you know, attend, attend your event to start that networking process, tell us a little bit more than you about um, when your events happen, because I know you do your regular ones, but you've got a bigger event coming up soon as well, haven't you?
1: Yes, I've got two events coming up really, really big. So, um, this 17th, I've got a big event in central London where I'm hosting with a lot of international, you know, successful people. I'm actually hosting uh, a guy who has a massive, massive media outlet in Nigeria, a net worth of over $150 million. And uh, I've also got another very good friend, who's, his net worth is just about a billion, you know, a billion dollars. And uh, we're, we're, I'm going to be You know, keynote speaking at that event is coming up, uh, you know, in September. But I'm not really talking about that now, but I want to talk about my networking events. So my networking event is the Wealth and Business Network is on Eventbrite. You can follow me on social media at Dr. Daniel Moses to to, to learn more about it. It's very community based. It's like, it's very community based. And, you know, there is no hard sale or anything like that. But if you do want to be part of what we do, you can be part of it. It's a community event where, you know, all different types of people from different places, all who are looking to start their property journey, you know, or those who are already doing well in their property journey, or those who are looking to to scale their property portfolios. Started way back, as I said, in 2019, and we've been able to maintain, and I'm sure, you know, you you agree with me, Sam, it's not easy to hold something for over three years. And my mom always told me, said if you want to be successful, try and hold on to that thing for over three to five years. Then you know it's not gonna fail because you've held it that long enough. You know, so yeah, we've we've been running the wealth and business network. So the next one is on the 28th of November. Uh, we have so many great speakers lined up. uh, and also we've got so many people coming all over the place. So uh again, it's gonna be the last one for the year 2022. The next one will be back in January. So we run them by quarter. Next year, we're looking to expand across England, take it from one city to the other, or take it from one region to the next region. So for example, that'll be south, southwest, northeast. I'm doing a lot of projects at the moment in Newcastle. So I'm really thinking of, 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 of hosting the Wealth and Business Network as well in Newcastle. And yeah, we're just going to take it around. So yeah, come and see us. Come and join us. Come and be part of it. You see, there's never been such a great time to collaborate. In fact, collaboration is the biggest currency right now. If you're thinking of raising money, if you're thinking of speaking to someone like Sam, where do you find these people? They've, they come to events like, like that and you can pick your brain for free.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I'll, I'll be I'll be dropping the links and everything in the show notes so people can 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 follow you and also they can they can go along and uh, and book their tickets for for that as well. Um, and yeah, 28th of November, I'll stick that in the diary, Danny, because you make sure you, you, you you always you always put them on a Monday, and uh, and and I and I struggle because I'm not I'm not usually in in London on a Monday, but um, I'll, I'll I'll make a special effort on this on this point because you've been such an awesome guest, and I guess I have to thank you in some way. So I'll make sure I, I come along say hi uh, and, and greet some people in person but daniel honestly um great great podcast episode been awesome having you on sharing your your wealth of knowledge um and to be honest we probably could do about a three-parter and we, we wouldn't quite get everything out of that brain of yours but um but it's been awesome having you on and uh, yeah thanks very much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to have a little chin wag with me so i really appreciate it mate
1: Thank you so much, Sam, for having me here. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm looking forward to many more episodes. I'm going to be inviting you as well on my podcast, so we can literally drink some of yours as well.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I love it. We'll we'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll give we'll give it a little bit of time in between these yeah. two episodes. But yeah, hundred percent, okay. more than more than happy to come on. So Daniel, thanks ever so much, mate. Have a wicked day, and um, we'll catch you up very soon. Definitely.
1: Take care. Thanks for having me, bro.
0: Yep, that's it. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the episode, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode or any of the other Game of Loans podcast episodes, please, I would ask you a massive favor to leave a five-star review. It massively helps me grow the podcast and reach more people that will hopefully enjoy the episodes as much as you have. Thank you so much in advance for this, and I'll hopefully see you on the next episode.